You're listening to Deeply Curious, a podcast about our ever-evolving philosophy of life and faith and the curious pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. In this episode, we are talking about the dangers of dualistic thinking. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me, as always, is the woman who makes all the love songs make sense and, coincidentally, all the breakup songs make sense, (laughs) my wife, Sarah Jensen. (laughs) Hello. Deeply Curious and all of the art we create is made possible by you and the members of the Jensen AV Club. This week's show is produced by Christian B. Schmidt, Amber Day, Greg and Christy Jensen, and Jeff Stevens. If you would like to be a featured producer of Deeply Curious and uh, check out some behind-the-scenes content, you can do that on our Patreon page by going to JensenAV.club. Link is in the show notes, and that's JensenAV.club. So dualistic thinking, um, before we jump into like just headfirst into talking about dualism, mm-hmm. um, I want to define dualism so yes. we all know. So the Oxford Dictionary defines dualism as the division of something conceptually into two opposed or contrasted aspects or the state of being so divided. So it is literally things being right or wrong, left or right, red or blue, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like there are only two ways to look at something. Right. And so dualism is obviously from the word dual, which means two. And it is the reduction of thought down to only two options. Yes. And that's what we mean by the danger of dualistic thinking. There's also dualistic philosophies and um, theologies and all other types of duologies, but Specifically, we're talking about dualism in the thought of just the reduction of options down to two. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. So one thing with dualistic thinking it, that we want to touch on and, and the kind of the main reason why this is a conversation mm-hmm. is because dualistic thinking makes you feel as though you have to be on one side or the other of every aspect of everything right and it makes you feel like well if they don't agree with what i think then they are wrong right and i am right and so you're always constantly in this battle of making sure that you are doing what is right and the anything that's opposite of that is wrong exactly and that can lead you to or lead us collectively into Mm -hmm. war Mm -hmm. but to start the conversation, what it leads you personally into is a lack of empathy. Yeah, because I feel like um, empathy comes from understanding points of view and being able to put your own self into a situation that you don't know or will never know or have never known and understand it like mm-hmm. and, and find empathy for another existence outside of yourself. <laughs> right. And um, dualistic thinking doesn't really offer that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it offers certainty in your own thought, but not anybody else's. And so it kind of leads to, I don't know, (laughs) terrible things. (laughs) It can. It can also just be like just a lack of understanding, which I mean, is the basis of everything. Like, I don't know, in order to be a human, you should probably like I feel like the best thing to do as a human is to understand other humans, right? Mm -hmm. So like kindness, understanding, gentleness, empathy, like all of those things you don't get if all you do is think dualistically, I think. It's really hard anyway. Yeah, because if you are thinking that there are only two options, then that means that you have to decide, is what I am feeling, doing, thinking, acting on, on the correct side right and it and then we we as humans are pretty much incapable of of thinking that we because we justify everything right and, you, and you judge yourself just, by intentions and others by their actions right and yeah and our justification on it of all of our decisions leads us to believe that we are doing the right thing because our intentions are pure so that means that we must be doing what is right and that means that everybody else is doing what is wrong or i feel this way mm-hmm. which means that Sarah must, because she doesn't agree with me, she must be wrong because mm-hmm. she feels differently. Right. Or there's no way she could possibly think 
in a way that is not the two ways that have been set out before me. Right. And so you are, we're constantly looking at another person who's sitting across the table from us and thinking about, you know, what they, they're, they're, they say something and we're like, okay, well that's on, you know, that's this type of thought, um, which I think is right. And then they say something else and like, well, that's, they said a cuss word, so they're not Christian. Right, exactly. And things like that. It's just, we're constantly trying to put other people within these boxes of in or out, these group, these tiny little groups of tribes Mm -hmm. and we're trying to fit everybody else within certain tribes based on what we hear or see them do right and the reality is there is not just two options of being a republican or democrat a christian non-christian a you know whatever it is right a a, an artist not artist a like whatever everything is nuance and dualistic thinking takes away all nuance right but like humanity is nuance Mm mm-hmm I mean, we are all so complex and contradictory. And part of the reason we started even talking about this was because I realized a couple weeks ago we were talking and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm incapable of dualistic thinking. Like, I don't really understand Mm -hmm. how you (laughs) how you get there, you know, like part of the the problem is that it just boils everything down to a generalization that is so untrue. Right. Of humans. And so, I mean, it's like you're not only driven and focused. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not only quiet and shy. Like it just, mm-hmm. there's so much nuance within one individual. And it seems, it baffles me that we can't accept that we are all incredibly complex and contradictory. And and so dualistic thinking, that's exactly what it does. Like it boils everyone down to one definition and it's it's so not indicative of the whole. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing with dualistic thinking and the reason we're talking about it is because it is the dominating philosophy of thought of the Western culture. Especially right now. And it, it causes so much divisiveness mm-hmm. that we are just constantly trying to see whether or not people are in our group or not right in in everything from little tiny things to major things that determine the like fate of the world right and it comes from i believe our hyper individualistic culture Hmm. that we are so individualistic and so individual that we and my personal individual desire, my personal individual thought, my personal individual knowledge trumps all other. Mm-hmm. It's also a little bit oxymoronic how individualistic we are, but how we also put everybody and ourselves into one or two, like into a box, into a box of either number one or number two. Mm-hmm. And you would think that if we were so individualistic that we would be a culture of individuals Mm -hmm. who have individual thoughts and talk in nuance and don't reduce ourselves down to conservative or liberal or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That we actually look at everybody as an individual in the same way we look at ourselves as individuals, but we don't. We look at ourselves as an individual who has these, you know, particular, you know, thoughts and I can be able, I can do anything and act any way outside of the confines of culture, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. But we actually boil everything down into one or two. Right. Uh, I think it comes from us being so individualistic that we become so arrogant to believe that the limits of knowledge stop at our limits of understanding. Right. And that's so not true for, I mean, the limits of knowledge do not stop at the limits of understanding for myself in the fact of, I don't even understand algebra. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't make that doesn't make algebra non-existent. It doesn't make right. algebra not knowledge. It doesn't right. make al- algebra not true. And it doesn't make a person who doesn't understand what you understand stupid right. or an idiot or wrong or whatever. It just means that they have a completely different life experience than you and you should try and understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't even un- I don't even understand algebra. And that's something kind of basic. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously my limits of understanding do not meet the limits of knowledge. Right. But then we we think that we um, we're so arrogant to believe that we know huge things mm-hmm. that I mean, 
let's say something like the earth being round. There are people who choose to believe that the earth is flat Mm -hmm. because they're so arrogant to think that because they don't understand it, that the knowledge doesn't exist. Right. Whereas a non-dualistic thought would be the fact that I don't understand why, let's say, oh, the global warming, mm-hmm. like climate change. I don't fully understand all of climate change, mm-hmm. but I understand that my understanding doesn't limit the knowledge of of what is of possible. <laughs> because there are people who underst- who have significantly more knowledge than I do. Right. And their knowledge is something I trust in because they have years and years and years and years of expertise. And it's also a collective um, scientific fact. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, I don't full. I mean, I I would have to study for years to fully understand it, but it doesn't mean that my understanding limits the knowledge. Right. So back to the limits of knowledge do not stop at the limits of understanding individually. Right. But also even the limits of human understanding. Right. There are things that no human on earth understands but that doesn't mean that's where the limit of knowledge stops right it's like i I think i've kind of always said like until you can accept that there is like a mystery to this life to the universe then you'll always be unhappy you'll always be striving to you know what i mean like you you have to be able to like hold two opposing truths you know in your hands and like be comfortable with that because that is life Mm -hmm. life is about holding contradictory things in both hands and saying like i mean both of these i think are true okay you know and like kind of it's basically just letting go of control and like like until you can do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're kind of screwed you know you're gonna have a terrible life you're gonna always be frustrated by something and Um, I think like the same goes for understanding, like you will never know everything that this universe is doing Mm -hmm. ever. And like, you just have to be cool with that. (laughs) Right. Be like, yeah, it's frustrating, but it's the truth. So, okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, um, that gives me a little more, maybe some clarification of why I think that our American individualism leads to dualism Mm -hmm. is that our American individualism leads us to want to have and maintain control of everything in our life because we believe the only one looking out for us and the most powerful thing that we can believe in is, is ourself mm-hmm. and that we follow all of our particular desires. And within that, we do not want to give up control because to give up control is to say that there is something smarter, bigger, mm-hmm. more mysterious, you know, whatever it is, whether it is in the spiritual realm or just in life, mm-hmm. that if I was to give up control, that means that I'm reducing myself and myself is the most important thing mm-hmm. because we're so individualistic. We believe that our self is the most important thing opposed to like the collective good, right. um, you know, or family, whatever it is, we believe that maintaining control is how we maintain our importance mm-hmm. and maintaining our importance is the most important thing that we have because that's what we believe right. through our culture is if that, we're not important why are we here yeah that the self is the most important not that the collective good is the most important etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. yeah there's a a quote um certainty is not the or doubt is not the opposite of certainty and doubt is not what scares me certainty is what scares me because certainty starts wars mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of where i come at with the dualistic thinking kind of stuff is that like it requires certainty on both sides Mm -hmm. on whichever side of the two options you fall it requires certainty and it i mean i think it's pretty clear that it does start wars right (laughs) i mean look at like where we are now as a culture Mm -hmm. i the only everybody is is fighting about literally everything Mm -hmm. and and things that don't even matter we're like letting ruin our week and you know like um the joker is nominated for 11 oscar nominations and everyone is just up in arms about it and it's like does that matter do we really have to love or hate the -hmm. joker as a movie do we really have to put down one thing because we believe another thing is better it just seems like a waste of energy you know Mm -hmm. and and it's because we're so certain that our feelings 
trump everyone else's feelings. And that's just not true because like we're all people, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so like everybody's feelings are valid, even if they're not maybe the best, you know, to have. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like it's one of our major problems is the incapability of understanding somebody else's point of view. I don't really know what the right move is. I don't really know how to like allow people their wrong opinions and still educate them on or what I think is their wrong opinion and Mm -hmm. educate them in a kind way. You know, like I don't really know the process of that, but I I mean, it's not dualistic thinking Mm -hmm. because there is not one thing that is right or wrong. Like, you know, there's just not. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And it and it's just, I mean, there's like major issues that you can argue. And obviously, like everyone has their opinion and you're entitled to your opinion and whatever. But even on a small scale of dualistic thinking, it just seems like such a weird <laughs> culture <laughs> that we're in to be so upset about something that has no significance whatsoever. None. And it doesn't affect your life if somebody lives a different way. And it doesn't affect, you know, like it just is so bizarre to me that we're all so angry all the time because we're so certain that we're right. It's like, I mean, you can feel you're right and still admit that maybe you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that so hard? I don't know. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, I mean, that is literally the uh, example of that the limits of knowledge do not stop at the limits of understanding in the fact right. that we don't allow ourselves any wiggle room of th- of the possibility that right. maybe we're wrong. Right. Or even um, like in it's Rob like- Sheffield in Dreaming the Beatles, he, there's this one song that he loves, like stands so hard, you know, um, and like collectively as a culture, everyone hates the song, you know, but he like still fights for it. And he said in the book, he was like, I mean, I I concede that I'm probably in the wrong camp here, but mm-hmm. I'll never change it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's oh, that's exactly it. Like, it's not that hard to to be like, yeah, I mean, I understand how everybody thinks this is stupid, but I love it. So mm-hmm. who cares? You know, and it, and that's exactly it's just like stupid stuff mm-hmm. that holds no consequence whatsoever why do we have to be so like angry about it i don't it just is weird obviously doubt scares people um uncertainty scares right. people and and i do think that like um somebody giving their opinion that is different than yours there's something about us that makes it feel like they're attacking our opinion mm-hmm. instead of just stating theirs right it's like like i believe in you know living in a tiny little apartment and to somebody in the middle of wherever Kansas with like 3000 square feet feels like that's an attack on their lifestyle, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's just my preference. But I do. So I do think like we also come at everything in defense, Mm -hmm. which is not how it, not how it should go. Because we, we can't deal with being wrong. Right. I would say our culture as a collective um, is just, has a hard time actively listening for sure. And I think whenever you, it is very evident that once you start listening to others actively and not looking, listening so that you can find points to attack, but actually listening to understand. And whenever you listen to understand, you start to develop empathy for other people's stories that have nothing, no resemblance to your own, but their feelings resemble your own. Mm-hmm. And so you realize that the the other people are just like you who are all searching for safety and significance. And we all just have specific different like ways that we're trying to go about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, one example that came to mind is that um, whenever Obama began his presidency, he was against gay marriage. But then he actually actively listened to understand gay people and change his mind. Mm-hmm. He was open to being wrong, and the 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 ability to listen to others and realize like the actual human side of it, mm-hmm. instead of the policy side of it. Seeing the human side of everything mm-hmm. is the point. Exactly. I think another good example of that is um, Mitt Romney's uh, vote on the impeachment. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is the only Republican who voted guilty 
on article one. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I mean, and then I saw this, uh, this person tweeted something about like, maybe the most counterproductive thing to do is to like bite at somebody who finally came to your understanding just because it took them so long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he voted because he felt it was the right thing to do. And then people lashed out at him anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's the, that's the problem with dualistic thinking is that we don't give people space to grow. We don't give people space to change their mind and to learn, you know, instead we demonize them for being this one particular way and believing that, that that's all they'll ever, ever be. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not probably who they are now and it's not who they will be in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's not anything new. Like we all understand our own individual selves. What we were 10 years ago to what we are now is not the same person. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can you not look at another individual and see like, okay, if I, I don't love what they're saying right now, but if I can show some sort of compassion and give them a couple years, I mean, how mm-hmm. is that not, you know, I, right. it's just crazy to me that we cannot see that. Right. And I think, I mean, obviously a major problem is the 24-hour news cycle and the dumpster fire that is Twitter of of the way in which we mm-hmm. go about doing things now is completely different than it used to be. And obviously we just see a lot more. But I think that also adds to the fact that we don't actually have our own opinion. We think that we hate the Joker, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, because that's one of the major things, you know, is the Joker has 11 nominations and it doesn't deserve anything, whatever. And so it's like, we think we hate the Joker, but we haven't even actually asked ourselves if we hate the Joker. We just are following what everybody else said on Twitter about the Joker. And so then we decide. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, have you actually really thought about it for yourself? Because if you think about all of the implications, every side to the story, because there's not just one or two. If you think of every side, can you see mm-hmm. how some people would have a different opinion? Yes, <laughs> like it's it's every single person comes at something from their own life experience. And so ha- you have to understand that there are multiple points. I mean, there's like 50 or 100 points of view mm-hmm. to each individual situation and circumstance. Right. And so to boil that down to right or wrong or two sides is impossible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all you will ever do is fight if that's the case. Yeah, so in there, what one thing you were talking about, um, having compassion, mm-hmm. um, that you you have to have compassion for others to be able to change. I'll add to that and say, we have to have compassion for others and give them the grace that they have changed mm-hmm. or that they can change. Right. And we have to humble ourselves to the point where we believe and we're okay with the fact that we could be wrong. Right, because in 10 years, we will be different. Who knows what we believe in 10 years? Right. So you have to have a compassion to allow others to change. Um, Be humble enough to realize that no matter how strongly you feel about something, no matter how earnestly you believe something, you can be wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just the fact of life. Mm-hmm. You can be wrong. Mm-hmm. And no, no matter how right you feel, there is the option where you're wrong. And you have to accept it. You can continue to believe that thing. I mean, there are lots of things. Like I I firmly believe that it is the right thing to do to lift others up and, you know, choose compassion and not build a wall at the border. Like let's just say that I firmly believe that we should not be building a wall at at the border. But I could be wrong. Right. I don't believe I am. Right. I mean, I have lots of reasons to justify my belief. I have lots of things that I would say are, you know, right. But. That doesn't mean that because I feel that way and I have all of these justifications that it ultimately means I am right. And so I have the capacity and the capability of being wrong about lots of things. I also have to have compassion for others who truly believe that it's right Mm -hmm. to build a wall. Um, Even though I think it's wrong, I have to have compassion for them 
that they can change and that I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it allows us to open up a conversation and actually listen to each other and have a uh, listen to understand each other so that we can come up with what is a good path forward or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, also, with what you're saying with the Joker, there are probably more opinions than not that come from the fact that it is the collective desire and not your own. Right. Um, one thing that Richard Rohr says in um, his book, The Universal Christ, is – Our dualistic logic allows us to justify almost anything Mm -hmm. that the corporate ego desires. Yeah. The dualistic logic allows us to justify almost anything that the corporate ego desires. So the corporate ego, let's actually make an example, um, Democrats. Mm -hmm. That's the corporate ego of the Democrats. And if you put yourself within the Democratic Party, now that dualistic logic allows you to justify almost anything as long as it comes from the corporate ego of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So there could be something that you don't think is actually right if you thought about it and you allowed right. yourself to to think about things uh, contemplatively and come up with your own opinion mm-hmm. that instead you basically compromise who you are to fall in line with the corporate ego mm-hmm. and choose that belief um, and to justify that belief even though it goes against what you truly feel. Right. It's like the lesser of two evils kind of idea. Right. It's like, well, neither of these are great, but this one is not as bad. So I'm going to fully commit to this idea. Right. And then you just like sell it. <laughs> I mean, with the corporate ego of, you know, the Republican Party, it, it the corporate ego of the mixture of the Christian, like evangelical, you know, quote unquote evangelicals um, mm-hmm. that label themselves evangelicals who are part of the Republican Party. There are so, so, so many justifications that are happening mm-hmm. because there are completely opposing truths in there. Not truths. There are completely uh, opposing things. Mm-hmm. You have uh, President Trump who, regardless if you agree or disagree, I think we can all agree that he is mean-spirited. Right. And there's no... I don't think you could come up with a rational argument around the right, fact that he's- It seems crazy that you would be able to say anything otherwise. <laughs> right. He's a mean-spirited guy. Regardless yeah. if what his decisions are on your side or or on the other side, whatever, there is a general mean-spiritedness about President Trump and his um, White House mm-hmm. um, is just mean-spirited. Mean-spiritedness is very much against what evangelicals would would. say they they believe um in in what you know if they go to church on sunday the things that are taught as jesus on sunday are the literal opposite of Mm mean-spirited um it is ultimate compassion and love and understanding and president trump does not show any love compassion or even try to Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. um he's never wrong and he's never admitted wrong and he never will admit wrong but because the collective ego of the republican party which is the party of the evangelicals there are justifications on justifications on justifications to allow them to believe that they are still right even though they believe that jesus is right who says the opposite of trump and they believe that trump is right who Mm -hmm. says the opposite of jesus and yet they believe themselves that they are completely right right and there are there's going to be examples on you know the uh, left the Democrat side too that are the exact same thing right. right that are opposing you know beliefs that they justify as a collective right because there is not the left and there is not the right there are just people mm-hmm. who are choosing to fall in line with a corporate ego mm-hmm. and in all of those individuals within that group if you were to actually talk to people. And find common ground, as we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the whole reason that you know our politics are set up the way they are, in you know, as far as the governmental systems of checks and balances, are supposed to be able to talk to each other, come to an agreement, compromise, do what's best for all 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 of humanity. Right. Um, obviously, we don't do that because now we are in this this realm of complete hardcore dualistic thinking. Yes. That the other person is completely wrong. Right. And we are in such a time that Mitt Romney votes against his party mm-hmm. for the right thing. Mm-hmm. Effectively risked his entire career. And the fact that he's risking his entire career is the 
is what I'm what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He sh- there shouldn't be a risk in standing up for what you truly believe is right. Correct. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it, again, it it goes back to the certainty starts wars, right? Because it does. I mean, that is like just look, look at history. All of history is usually a white person, but somebody being certain and then you know taking out the people who think opposite Mm -hmm. Uh, another couple quotes from richard war he says it is hardly an exaggeration to say that us and them seeing and the dualistic thinking that results is the foundation of almost all discontent and violence in the world Mm -hmm. when you are concerned with either attacking or defending manipulating or resisting pushing or pulling you cannot be contemplative when you are preoccupied with enemies you are always dualistic you can take that as self-evident in most cases you become a mirror image of both what you oppose and Mm -hmm. what you love yeah that is really good that's the part of the problem with dualistic thinking is that you start I believe usually from a good place, there's like some sort of righteous anger in there, which, I, you know, mm-hmm. can do good. Um, but I do think that you end up becoming exactly what you're fighting. Yep. I mean, it's it's kind of clear in the political system, like the far right and the far left, you know, the, the left starts fighting the far right as they should, you know, they're like... They're not doing things right, you know, but then you become just as evil. Mm -hmm. You become hateful and mean and uh, dismissive of of humanity and which is exactly what you were fighting in the first place is the far right being dismissive of humanity, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I mean, because you nobody fits into one or the other, like you just don't. There's so much gray area that we just pretend isn't there because it's scary, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's the truth. So I just feel like the sooner you can accept that, the sooner you'll have like a honest conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and might actually change someone's mind. I mean, honestly, you yelling at people over Twitter is going to change nobody's mind. That's just the truth. If you come at them with your dualistic thought, with your quick um, hatred, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, how do you think somebody's going to respond? Oh, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. No, they're going to put up their armor just like you did. Right. And so there is no conversation ever. It is just people yelling one one sentence at each other (laughs) one generalization that has been boiled down to one thought (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just yelling at each other over and over and over again just goes in circles right there is also the case that innocent bystanders Mm -hmm. can also be the ones who suffer at the hand of dualism right example would be you know a religious extremist believe Mm -hmm. that other people are so wrong they deserve to die yeah, it, it is not that the religious extremist um, could also be right, and we're like, well, let's have a discussion and figure yeah, out and no. figure out the nuances of this, and you know, whatever, whatever. No, you know, clearly wrong. Like the the re- religious extremists are clearly wrong. It should not be like seeking destruction of others. Right. So there is times whenever it is evident of right, like of a right and a wrong. Yes. But it all stems from the dualistic thinking of mind, and it is the lack of contemplation. Right. It is the lack of the ability to sit quietly by yourself and contemplate your own being, Mm -hmm. figure out your own self to the point where you know what you believe instead of following the collective. Right, And, and being able to empathize with another human being. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that, I just feel like if it's not leading you toward goodness Mm. and if it's not leading you toward lessening suffering for another human being in whatever form that may take, then you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't post something that that is 
dehumanizing. You shouldn't, you know, um, yell at someone for having an opinion if it's not going to change something for the better. Like there's, it's just like, I don't know. I, there's just so many more ways of going about things. And it's so weird to me that, you know, we're in this kind of culture and it's not working. It's obviously not working. Everyone on the right, everyone on the left, everyone in the middle, every person in America knows that whatever's happening right now is not working, mm-hmm. right? Like we can feel it. And it's blows my mind that we're still just like going about. It's like insan- it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's like not going to change if you don't change the system. And so obviously dualistic thinking isn't working. Yelling your opinions at somebody else isn't working. So how how have we not tried something new yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? How can we not as individuals? I understand systematically it's difficult to change or whatever, but like as individual people, how have we not figured out that screaming our opinion in people's faces isn't the answer? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just not. To be forced to choose between two options. Right. Is to never see with depth, with subtlety, or with compassion. Right. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we most people do not know how to see with depth, subtlety, and compassion. Right. And that, if, yeah. if you were to, you know, let's say you're on, on the right or on the left politically, if, if things are going to change in the country, obviously, we mm-hmm. have, something has to change. Right. But for something to change, that takes at least one side looking at things with depth, subtlety, and compassion, basically admitting we could be wrong. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither side is willing to do that. Right. Obviously, because it takes humbling yourself and neither side is going to humble themselves as a collective. Mm-hmm. It, obviously, there can be, we can, you and I personally, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can do that right. and we can challenge others to do that, which technically is what this podcast is doing, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, to look at things deeply. So I think uh, th- this is my complete hypothesis right here, but I think in order for that, for the change that you are asking, you know, something has to change. We all know that. I think for that actual change to happen is one completely grassroots Mm -hmm. like this where just us as individuals we choose to stand up and say i'm going to look at things with compassion Mm -hmm. and i'm going to look at things as Mm non-dual and see other people's point of view and we all start doing that as a collective um grassroots movement um and or a leader to come in who chooses not to play the political game mm-hmm. and ha- is a centrist level-headed and and teaches you know our political right. uh, countrymen to like have Give compassion um yeah i i mean obviously those are two complete different thoughts of i mean that that's basically a different political theories of like you know right. obviously top down versus bottom up mm-hmm. and i don't know which one's worked i'm not smart enough to know that but i right. i mean either one of them seem like a like reasonable option to me yeah <laughs> um but the only thing i can control right is myself the only thing that i can do is change myself and share you know w- with others what you know how you, you know i feel within um contemplative like just being contemplative mm-hmm. and thinking broader than left or right broader than right or wrong and or good versus evil you know, or, or good versus evil and as i as i do that myself and as i share that with others that is literally the only thing i can personally do right so i can't just sit here and be like well we just need a leader to come in and change everything we just need to we just need somebody to change stuff while we, we just have to wait we just have to wait right again we as individual human beings have a responsibility while we're here on this earth and i believe that is to bring goodness and kindness and less suffering you know as much as possible right (laughs) so yeah you have a responsibility in doing something in trying to change things even if that responsibility is as small as not biting back at someone on twitter Mm -hmm. honestly that can change a whole lot (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So the the quote of our dualistic logic um, allows us to justify almost anything that the corporate ego desires 
came from this larger quote that I want to read um, that illustrates what that means and how that has affected us as Christians. <laughs> yeah. um, so Richard Rohr says, frankly, a new humility is emerging in Christianity as we begin to recognize our many major mistakes in the past, especially our tragic treatment of indigenous people mm -hmm. in almost all the nations that Christians colonized, mm -hmm. along with our silence about and full complicity with slavery, mm -hmm. destructive consumerism, apartheid, white privilege, the devastation of the planet, homophobia, classism, and the Holocaust— our dualistic logic allowed us to justify almost anything the corporate ego desired. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was talking about certainty starts wars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, we've talked about like faith and stuff on here several times and about how I struggle in defining what I am or what I believe because of that mm -hmm. <laughs> and and because again i hold true to opposite feelings that like i feel like this is right i know i can be wrong and the problem within christianity the christianity that we grew up in is that you're not allowed to feel like you might be wrong mm -hmm. you're not allowed to have doubts you're not allowed to concede that another way of life might be fine you know like you're all of those things are, are very wrong. And honestly, I've been told that I would go to hell because I believe those things, you know? So like, I've always struggled very hard to put anything into words because of that, because of my feeling that I don't know if any of this is right. And honestly, a lot of bad has happened because of supposedly what's right. So, you know, I don't feel too bad not defining it now now that i'm getting older and like understanding more but it's like um i mean it's exactly that like the certainty of the church of of the christianity in which we are familiar with mm -hmm. or that i guess sort of happened over the last couple of hundred years has done a lot of destruction and damage and like I just don't know why it's so hard to look at that and be like, ooh, we might be wrong here. I don't right. know. <laughs> like, you know, but it, but people are so scared to admit that that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And and so it's not that um, God and Jesus are wrong. Like the, I believe in Jesus's way of life. I believe that he, um, the way in which he lived is a good map for human beings to live, but he didn't he didn't live as Christians have lived mm -hmm. historically in the last couple of hundred years. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He he didn't um, condemn people. He didn't murder for the sake of murder. He, he right. you know, like he or stand by complicitly and watch or stand as evil by, happens. Yes, because that evil is being done by a political party that the church is affiliated with. Right. In fact, he went against it. There. Are, instances in the bible where he went against political statements mm -hmm. and so it's just like I, I just don't yeah it's it's fascinating to me that we are like so fine with complying with evil because we're scared of mm -hmm. of the opposite when in fact the opposite is going to be freedom right this idea of dualistic thinking like we're all so scared to admit that we could be wrong but if you admit that, if you accept that there are more ways to think about things, then all we find is freedom and goodness and kindness and like understanding. And there's nothing scary about that. Literally nothing scary about learning to understand that another human being lives differently than you and everyone's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the scary thing, the, the reason it is so scary is because to live that way, you have to you have to lay down your pride in order to think that way. And right. laying down your pride is one of the scariest thing it, it to do. Right. Which I don't want to sound arrogant in this statement, but I know that it's going to sound arrogant. That's why I don't understand dualistic thinking because I've I've never struggled with pride. Like I don't really have a lot of pride in who I am or what I 
believe or whatever. Like I just, I see so many shades of gray. It's not even funny. Like I argue with myself all the time, mm-hmm. every single day. <laughs> I say something and then myself says, what are you doing? No, that's not right. And then I'm like, well, but it sometimes is right. If you do that, you know, mm-hmm. like I cannot just make a statement. <laughs> right. It, to the to illustrate that fact, the reason we are having this podcast because we were sitting in Starbucks and we started having this conversation, just us two. Yeah. And I would I said, I think you're incapable of dualistic thinking. And she was like, huh, what what do you mean? And I said, because there we should not think of everything as right or wrong, but there are some facts of life that are just true. Um yes. like gravity. You know, right. there are scientific facts that a lot of us can get behind in in that, uh, like gravity's real. Like Correct. there's no like there's no nuance in that. Mm-hmm. Gravity's gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, e equals mc squared. It's, mm-hmm. it's just what it is. Um, it's like there there are things that are dual. There is it it just is. Right. Um, laws of the universe right. and whatnot. And there are also universal truths mm-hmm. as well as scientific truths. Right. Like more emotional things. Um, those universal truths can be rejected. Um, but that doesn't make them any less true. And but anyways, we were just sitting there, we we're talking, and she's like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Well, the fact is that I think you would have a hard time saying that this thing we're sitting at right now is a table." Yes, and I, then we argued about it for probably thirty minutes because I agreed. I I don't feel like you have to call it a table. <laughs> and I was like, "No, the fa- there, there is a fact. The fact is this is a table." That and you- then I said, "The fact." Is that it can be anything to anybody? <laughs> it's like, how do you know other people see this table? And it's like, it could be because it was a little round table. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it could be, uh, if you flip it on its side, a little spindle thing that you like wrap, mm-hmm. you know, yarn up or whatever. Like it could be a million things, a million uses to a million different people. <laughs> but the point is that even if you used it as a spindle, it doesn't make it not a table. It just makes it a table right. you're using as a spindle. Right. Which I still can't. Uh, concede on because <laughs> it's like it's not a spindle because it's made with a it was made for to be a table it has table legs it has a wood top that wouldn't survive outside as a spindle right and like you know et the cetera, top et cetera. is bigger it's than like, the bottom it's like it's clearly a table that you are having you creatively came up with that it is could be used as a like spindle right. <laughs> but at the end of the day the truth is it is a table. So anyways. Right. Which the, I said, the truth is that it is a table, but it can also be other things. Right. And anyways, the point is that I could not concede that it was the fact is that it's a table, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't say it. And I still can't. It is a table, period. But comma also could <laughs> be used as a myriad of other things. And yeah. if you've never seen a table before, you could think that it was something else. And it also, what right. even is perception? Was, what even is reality? Right, Maybe your reality went, is that a table is actually a cup. I don't know. And I went into <laughs> that whole idea of like, well, you know, society uh, the society we live in is a construct and maybe we weren't even supposed to live this way and everything is a simulation and you know all of that stuff because i do believe all of that (laughs) so it's like like i do have a very very hard time understanding uh dualistic thinking so i don't know if that's good or not because Mm -hmm. i can't i can't say one thing is truth Mm -hmm. you know and so and i don't know if that's good or bad honestly but i know what i feel and i know what i have read from the poets and the philosophers and the mystics over hundreds and thousands of years and you know i can kind of deduce that like okay this is like universal this is the human experience etc cetera, etc cetera. but i do have a very hard time making a firm statement mm-hmm. <laughs> in anything i i i said when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago i said the only thing I have a very strong opinion about is people having strong opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I will argue that to my death <laughs> because I just think that there's so many other ways to look at things. And it's not that I don't have firm beliefs and values and mm-hmm. and whatever. It's just that I don't feel the need to shove them on other people. Right. It's like I firmly believe in the existence of God. Right. But I don't but know. Who knows? I mean, there's no way I could know that. Right. Like it's unknowable. Right. I, in my experience, it feels very knowable. But ultimately, right. 
regardless, no matter how much I want to but, say that I believe it and I want to stick to my guns and say that it mm-hmm. is absolute truth, I mean, I don't know. Right. And who I, I think it's very arrogant to say that just because you experienced it, it means this person who's never experienced anything has to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that completely dismisses them as a human being. Mm-hmm. And that's not there there has to be a mutual respect that you have for another human because they're human, you know? And I'm not saying that like everything is forgivable and whatever, that there are consequences to your actions and things you do, you know? Like, I mean, you have to be nice. You have to be kind. You have to lessen the suffering of others. You have to bring goodness. Like that's what I believe our responsibility is as human beings. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that, there are consequences for not doing that, for treating people the way you treat them, for being e- uh, evil or mean. Like there are consequences for that. But generally speaking, you cannot dismiss another human being's experience. You just can't. You can't say like, well, you should just do this because. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You completely dismiss their entire existence and what they've gone through by saying that. It takes nothing into account. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that that's wrong. <laughs> yep. So in small matters, like whether the Joker was right or wrong or whatever, like you you cannot just completely dismiss the director's views of things. You can't dismiss the fact that, you know, maybe they thought of it in a different way than you did or that they thought, oh, this is going to be you know, a conversation about mental health or the mental health systems or, you know what I mean? Like you just can't, you can't just say like, well, they're all evil because it's all misogynistic, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not truth. That is maybe a tiny sliver of a truth, but there are like, you know, eight pieces to a pie. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's how I feel. Right. I mean, it also dismisses the fact that I watched the movie thinking when it was over, holy cow, that was an amazing movie. I absolutely loved it. Didn't even think that there was a possibility of a controversy. Yeah, me neither. And, and then I, all of a sudden there's a controversy over like, you know, just, right. you know, stupid things that I don't really understand. Right. But I, as we, we talked about it for a long time, actually, this is, that's an interesting thing is I feel like I had a more compassionate view of um, the possibility that somebody could have watched this movie and seen something other than what I saw. Mm-hmm. And you had a harder time uh, Right, with because that. I what I got from the movie was the warning of treating people unkindly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I do, I feel like that's what it was. It was this origin story of this man who just like the world hated. Not literally but like the world was Hated not upon. Kind, yeah the world was not kind to him and the mental health systems that were in place were not kind to him and nobody saw his humanity and and it turned out wrong it it ruined him and i do have like a soft spot for tragedy you know and mm. so like like i argue all the time about like what our media does to um, celebrities or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I have a soft spot for that kind of stuff. And that's kind of like what I felt when we were watching the Joker, I felt this soft spot for what the world did to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the only thing I got out of it was just this sort of like cautionary tale of not being compassionate about mental illness, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that's what I took from it. But it's not that I can't understand the other opinions because I do. I understand uh, the the families who lost people in the the movie theater shooting of Batman. Mm-hmm. And they came out and were like, please don't release this movie. This is terrible. This is a bad idea. You know, whatever. I understand where they're coming from. I understand less so about the whole misogynistic idea behind it or whatever. My, white male rage. Like I, I mean... It's not that I don't get it, but I don't agree, I think, because it's a truth. You know, it's one of those things like, I I don't know how, you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. And so I just feel like it's not that I don't see what they're saying, but I don't necessarily agree. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I just think it's not worth, um, you know. 
hating people. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not worth spreading more hate. Right. That's just how I feel. Right. It's nothing is worth spreading more hate. Right. Or causing more suffering. Or causing more suffering. Right. But the whole point is that I got none of those opinions from watching the movie. I I was shocked that they were there because I have such a soft spot for mm-hmm. that kind of story of like right. true tragedy where just the world was not kind to somebody and it hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I got from it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, so Sarah has basically from birth, um, she just made in a way that doesn't, fall into the dualistic thinking that most of us do. And I would say that in my experiences, I do understand dualistic thinking because I have, I have thought dualistically. I probably think dualistically about things right now, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm on a journey and on a path of um, figuring out what those things are, opening my mind and bringing more passion and, or um, depth and subtlety and compassion to those things. Mm -hmm. It may come naturally for Sarah does not come naturally for most of us. And the thing that we have to do if we struggle with basically pride, arrogance, um, you know, thinking that we're, you know, our, our right is the right, um, you know, that type of thing, is we have to stop, slow down, and think for ourselves mm-hmm. and essentially um, do what is uh, contemplation. Yeah. Like you have to find a contemplative spot where, and that just means blocking out all the other noise and quieting down. Right. That's what contemplative, it just contemplation. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just letting your mind think without any outside influence. Right. Yeah. And just really seeking like and finding those things through quiet contemplation and not being scared of getting of turning everything off and sitting in a completely quiet room with your own thoughts Mm -hmm. and figuring out what thoughts are real, what thoughts are not, what you truly believe and questioning and doing the hard work of questioning like... Solitude is hard work. Well, solitude is very hard work, but also it's just, it's hard work to question why you believe what you believe. 100%. It's a scary question because the truth is that you could come out of it not believing what you believe right, and being lost. But you have to be willing to be lost before you're found, I guess, if we're using that analogy. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to be willing to be lost. But the only thing on the other side is good. Mm-hmm. And like it's scary at first, but the only thing that comes from it is good. Yeah. Maybe this is dualistic to think this way, <laughs> but I do not think that if you sat in quiet and found what you truly at your core outside of any external stimulation or knowledge, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, if, if you find your core, I do not think that you will find an evil person inside of you that is telling you to believe in uncompassionate, you know, causing suffering Mm -hmm. ideas and beliefs um, or opinions or actions. I do not think you will find that. I think you will find ultimately love and compassion and grace for others. And that's why I, it is very scary, but I do not think the only danger is that you will have to shed your arrogance Mm -hmm. and, and tell people that you were wrong and you have changed. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the scary part. But ultimately and from right, the reason I'm to, saying this is because that is my experience. I know what it was like to think dualistically. I know what it was like to be arrogant. I know what it was like to think that you were ultimately right. But I'm on the other side of that now where I know how sweet it is to sit in a, a state of being that can hold my hands up and say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. But all I know is is that I want to look at things with love and compassion and understanding and nuance and how freeing and how beautiful it is to sit and not know mm-hmm. versus the pressure and the anxiety and the overall just darkness of needing to be in control mm-hmm. and needing to actually know everything. And if you don't know it, then it's not happening or because you know it, everybody else is wrong. Like that's such a, little tiny box to live your life in that has no real freedom in it. Mm -hmm. And whenever you let go, find quiet and choose to live from your inner 
core instead of from the external information that is bombarding your life, that that is ultimately living in peace and freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think humans are inherently good. You know, like, I, I mean, I believe in humanity, even though I it's frustrating and it sucks sometimes. I believe that people are inherently good. And it, again, if you don't, if you're just being told what to believe, which is what we all are, and you're not doing anything actively to think about what you believe, then you're just going to go along and eventually it will compromise who you are. So I think um, fighting against dualistic thinking is one way to know mm-hmm. that you're doing what's right and what's good. Mm-hmm. in the smallest and biggest of ways yeah well that is our thoughts on the dangers of dualistic thinking um, hopefully it made sense a little <laughs> <yeah>. bit <laughs> uh, if you enjoy this show we would love it if you would give us a review on itunes or share a favorite episode with a friend you can also partner with us by joining our patreon at jensenav.club our intro music is provided by Musicbed. learn more about Musicbed's unlimited music subscription plan at music dot cody jensen.com sarah and i also have a youtube channel where we publish lifestyle and travel films um you can check that out by going to youtube.com slash cody jensen thanks for listening to uh deeply curious and we will see you next week bye